Welcome to La Pausa Pod, where we are downcast because some of the injuries on inter- international duty have been pretty significant, and we're going to have a chat about them. We're joined by Rory Barlow, the editor of Football España. Rory, it's great to have you on. How are you doing? Yeah, excellent. Great to be on, guys. I mean, I'm a big fan of La Pausa. I'm a regular listener, so it's uh, yeah, good to join you and hopefully contribute something useful. Probably, yeah, I'm sure you're, you're, you're very much up to date with all the articles that you, you put out on Football España, so we're looking forward to getting into that. So obviously the big one is Gabby, who tore his ACL, his cruciate ligament, and instead, we're not going to go down the rabbit hole here of who's to blame, things like that, but just how much of a hammer blow do you think this is to Barcelona, and what do you think they do with their midfield now? Yeah, I mean, there's no escaping that it's absolutely huge. I mean, Gavi, I think for all that he maybe doesn't have the subtlety of Pedri or kind of the experience and the the know-how of Gundogan in terms of intensity, in terms of lifting it, in terms of uh, kind of lifting the tempo for Barcelona more than anything. I think Gavi, I mean, I don't want to go down again another rabbit hole of just kind of pigeonholing Gavi into uh just being a physical kind of pressing monster who, who doesn't do anything else with the ball. But but yeah, there's nobody else in that Barcelona midfield who you really want to go into battle for you in quite the same way. And so I think basically it, it shifts the kind of focus a little bit onto Xavi to put out a coherent midfield, a more coherent team effort, as opposed to relying on Gabi to, to yeah, bring that kind of gather, that battle to their midfield for me. Yeah, I think it's it is it can be quite reductionist just Gabby runs around, smashes into people, um, and that's all he does. But it is an important thing that he does. He does bring a lot of energy to the team, and I think that they are going to miss that. Jamie is here, as always. We we spoke about this before, about how, obviously, they were going to replace Busquets. They brought in Romeo. That hasn't truly worked out. They dropped Gabby back for and started playing him as more of a defensive midfielder. What do you think that they do now in Gabby's absence? Yeah, I, I was just going to say I, I would just bring Romeo back in at this point. I'm not sure there's a, without tearing everything up and starting again, there's not a, a great deal that Xavi can do differently. Um, De Jong will be back soon. So I think De Jong and Romeo at the base of play with uh, Pedri and Gundogan playing further forward is probably the way to go from now. And I've been wanting to see Gundogan play further forward for for quite a few weeks now, but it's just, it's not really been possible. And he's had to play, um, you know, a key role, deep, deeper managing the ball. So I think if you can get Gundogan and Pedri back further forward, even if it comes at the cost of Gavi being a, a serious loss, then there can be some good that comes out of it. There, there, there already was a sense that there is a title race in La Liga this season. And the injuries coming back from international duty have been mostly coming from Real Madrid and Barcelona's camp. So obviously Kepa's injured now, Camavinga, Chomini, Bellingham is, is is carrying a shoulder knock, Vinicius is injured. And then on Barcelona's side you've got Ter Stegen who's suffering with some some problem with his back. Sergio Roberto's injured. Gabby obviously is gone. Frankie De Jong still hasn't trained as of Tuesday. We're recording this on Wednesday. It'll go out today, but he still hasn't trained. And do you think that this opens up the the possibility even more so now of a of a proper title race, Rory? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you look at the way Atleti are playing and the way that they're kind of feeling so comfortable about themselves right now. I think it's 
for me, it's it's the best Atleti that I remember seeing play in kind of five, six, seven years. Even in that title race run, I think they had a, a very good period which um, in that kind of first third of the season, but they're playing in such a fluid manner that I think Atleti have, as they showed against Real Madrid, the ability to not only compete, but also to blow teams away. I mean, they've not actually been great defensively. They've conceded in eight of their 12 games so far this season. So, I mean, they're conceding goals, but they're finding ways to win games. And for Real Madrid and Barcelona, it's always those games against kind of the mid-table to kind of lower, lower end of the table that I think really trips them up. And it's those games in which you've got a deep defence against you and you're relying on Jude Bellingham to kind of get you out of trouble. But as we've, as I think everyone in Spanish football has commented over the last kind of two months, there's only so many times Bellingham can get you out of trouble. So for, yeah, Real Madrid needed the likes of Rodrigo and Vinicius to step up. Vinicius has obviously gone for a couple of months. And for Barcelona, we've seen that they've just been kind of scraping by and a large part of that effort has been um, down to injuries and Gavi and stuff, but I, I think yeah, it just it makes it all the more fascinating for all the wrong reasons. If that makes sense, I I, I see that you've fallen into the old uh, the old mistake of uh, thinking that Bellingham can't just keep doing this because this is this is what he about <laughs> people thinking he's not going to score late winners because every time we think not nah, that it just can't keep keep happening he he keeps on doing it. Uh, Jamie the in terms of Girona then we were kind of upset that they didn't make Europe last season and thinking that that probably was the, the height of what they that they could reach the, the their ceiling and we wanted to see them in Europe even if it was in one of the lower down leagues the, the fact that they don't have many players now on international duty it obviously helps they're going to be fresh do you um, um, obviously we've re- readjusted our expectations of them as the season has gone on but this is obviously a massive um, opportunity for them now to further cement their place in the top four yeah things are lining up for them really um, not to say that they are shooting for the title yet but I have to admit I didn't really think about the international break and how it would impact Girona I mean they do have international players uh, for sure Um Players who are in there, yeah, Blind, uh, the Ukrainian lads, um, Yang Herrera would have been away in South America. So they definitely do have uh, players involved in international teams that that could have uh, presented problems for when they come back. But they seem to have uh, got got through it, and obviously other teams can't say that. So yeah, if you're looking for uh, Girona to, I don't like this phrase, but do a Leicester then it's been a pretty good few weeks for them. So just on the next couple of games, Rio, Barcelona travelled to Vallecas on Saturday, which is, is absolutely no walkover for them. And then Real Madrid played Cadiz in Cadiz in on Sunday afternoon, which you would think they'll probably get through that regardless of the injuries. And then Girona play Athletic Club on Monday night, which is a huge game. That's at home for them. If they can get three points or even a point from that, it's it's, it's pretty significant. And Atletico Madrid play Mallorca. Mallorca struggling this season for, for for goals. And you would imagine Atletico will get through that. So yeah, big couple of weeks coming up. But we're going to talk about today mostly the, our top five signings of the summer and we all three of us came up with five names each and then we passed them on to each other and 
saw which ones crossed and and which ones we 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 all agreed on but we there are a few surprises in here so we have our players selected list and we'll start out i guess with a player who we all picked to three out of three is isco so isco obviously had been at Sevilla. He was a free agent for a long time. He was posting loads of Instagram videos showing how hard he'd worked, but it just looked like nobody was going to go out and sign him and put the effort into re, re rehabbing his entire career. He he has absolutely done that now at Real Betis, and the three of us have picked him on a free transfer. They got him. So I I'll just say hand the floor over to you, Rory. Why did you pick him? Yeah, I think it's it's just remarkable because I think for me, more so than even Isco being good, because I kind of expected him to be decent. I thought he showed signs of not necessarily being the player he was at Real Madrid, but being kind of a serviceable creative force for Sevilla. And let's be honest, a bad Sevilla team when he was there. And I thought he would be decent, but to come in and ensure that nobody has really missed Sergio Canales, who, I mean, you are both fans of him. I think for two, three years, he was one of the best and most entertaining creative forces in La Liga. He directed that Real Betis team and attack for me for, for quite some time. So to come in and ensure that Canales has gone to Mexico, Betis have made their money off him, and they've not really missed him too much, it's just kind of a bit mind-boggling and it's so rare that you see a team lose a key player, bring somebody in and and it just not even kind of impact them at all. I think it speaks to to good management. I think it speaks to Pellegrini's ability to get the best out of Visco. I mean, I'm sure you guys will, will kind of come on to the stats, but just a couple of the ones, four for take-ons. I mean, Isco is a player that we don't really necessarily think of as being physically that um, impressive these days, but he, he still seems to have that step. He seems to be able to drop his shoulders and some of, some of the passes that he's been playing. There's one in that Seville derby that they drew one each and he does miss that chance early on, but he plays it left-footed. Really, I think it's in behind the defence for Juan Miranda and it's just, it's a dream pass. It's a real kind of, uh, yeah, it's a film kind of movie style pass and and yeah, I, I can't speak highly enough of Visco because he's just a joy to watch again. He's the player that we all knew and loved and he's doing it for Real Betis who are a team that have their flaws but he's the main reason that they're still kind of kicking around those European places right now. Yeah Jamie was one of the skeptics at the start with Isco he, he was winning all these MVP awards and but not really Jamie felt like um, influencing games in, in, to, the, to the same uh level that people were talking about him so jamie you've been won over by esco in the last couple of weeks and you've got a couple of stats there that 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 really impressed you from his start to the season yeah i feel like in the beginning his performances were leaning a bit towards the aesthetic over productive but as the games have racked up he's definitely moved firmly into productive so He's joined top for chances created this season, along with Iago Aspas. Uh, but the quality of those chances has been right up there with the best as well. So he's second for expected assists after Savio. Um, and yeah, like Rory said, um, t- to step in and n- have nobody really talk about Sejo Canales already at this point is is the best sign that this, uh, this is a functioning signing. And yeah... I, like you said, I was a skeptic at first. I felt like they were awarding him MVPs just because it was the thing to do uh, at certain points. There's certainly a few ones where 
I thought he didn't really merit it, but yeah, if if we've all picked him uh, for this award and he's the only player that we've all picked, then yeah, he's he's made a pretty good case. He's the MVP, is what you're saying. But um, <laughs> yeah, and and for me, when I was thinking through these these selections, one of the things that I was thinking about, obviously, the stats are are something that you're going to look at, but I'm just so impressed with Real Betis. Real Betis's um foresight in being able to say, right, we're going to sign this guy. We know who he is. And 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 Isco himself has said that he said with he's speaking about himself in the third person. He said with Isco, it's never going to be a problem with the talent or the ability. It's always it's, it's always an issue with the physicality, the the physical side of it. So he knows who he is, and Sevilla signed him. To, and to, I guess maybe some wishful thinking there on their part, just just a poor decision because they weren't willing to accommodate him. Real Bet has signed him, knowing who he was, and they've accommodated him. And I think. That that's what what I like about this signing in that signing Isco and putting him out on the left wing and expecting him to work and and do the, um, and not build a team around him it just isn't going to work and you're going to make Isco look stupid and you're going <laughs> to look stupid yourselves so yeah that that's what I've been most impressed with really with Isco so far and it's a team it's a funny Real Betis are a funny kind of a team. They've obviously got a, a a specific style of play that they've always kind of leaned on going back many years now, and and even the kind of players that they would have signed, and Manuel Pellegrini, an excellent manager, and he's just brought a, a stability to that team. But I do think that it's a team with flaws. I think they we spoke with this last week that they've flaws at number nine. They have issues in their defence, and. It's not like Isco is stepping into a, a perfect situation where uh, at someone like Real Madrid, where you're always going to be on the front foot. It hasn't been a it hasn't been a home run. It wasn't like a, a, a gimme for them uh, by any stretch. And I think Isco, fair play to him. I mean, he's just completely resurrected his career out of nowhere. There was talk of a Spanish national team recall, and uh, yeah, that's why I have him, him 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 in there. Another player who is on two out of our three lists. Rory picked him, and Jamie picked him. Is Pepe Lou, who signed from Levante. He's with Valencia now. Jamie has been a a, a fan of. Pepe Lou for a long, long time. He's been he's been kind of a, a Pepe Lou evangelist there, kind of <laughs> screaming into the uh, the abyss. He signed with Valencia, who were have been struggling or were kind of considered relegation favourites, and he has been excellent for them. Jamie, do you want to give your reason behind why you added him? Yeah, I feel like given the situation Valencia are in with such an incredibly young team, having to rely on lots of young players. Pepe Lou is kind of there as like the the scaffolding of the team, uh, and he's the absolute necessary experience. Uh, and he brings that maturity midfield that I think has allowed those younger players to express themselves a bit more. Basically, if Pepe Lou wasn't there, who would you play in midfield alongside Javi Guerra without sacrificing a huge amount of balance in the team? So, yeah, I just think for. for out of possession, he's, he's a really good disruptive player, picks up a lot of loose balls, and he ranks third in progressive passes for midfielders this season as well, behind Alex Garcia and Kirian. So he's just balancing really good performances at the moment. Um, and yeah, two out of three, uh, good sign. 
And Rory, what was your reasoning behind this? Yeah, it's hilarious. I swear, um, I swear down that the phrase I was going to use for Pepe Lou was Jenga piece. And given that Jamie's gone with scaffolding, I think it, it really illustrates what he does for that team. Um, I think passes into the final third. I think he's in the top 10. Progressive passes, tackles one. I think he's second in La Liga right now. So, so yeah, he's really the kind of the linchpin of that midfield for me. And you speak about the success about Javi Guerra and those kind of youngsters and Pepe Lou is the base, I think, which all of that team kind of goes off. And it means Baraja has a stability in midfield that Valencia can can work off. Because last season, I think they competed well under Baraja and I think they they improved as a football team. But Pepe Lou gives them a consistency in the middle. It gives them somebody who knows exactly where he needs to be at all times. And, and that really just influences things massively for them. So it, it means we see a Valencia that against the bigger sides is lost. I think it's Betis, uh, Real Madrid, Osasuna. There's one loss in there to Alaves, but generally against the sides around them and below them, they've competed pretty well. They've won sort of more than they've lost. And I think Pepe is a big reason for that. Yeah, I think Valencia, the uh, Ruben Baraja doing a, a, an underratedly good job there, given the resources, given the the outlook at the start of the season. And I think, yeah, Pepe Lou has been a huge reason for that. He's played 98% of available minutes and only Ander Guevara has regained possession more times than, than Pepe Lou in La Liga this season. So along with the stat that Jamie said about the progressive passes, he, he does a whole lot of, of, of things there in the middle for Valencia and a team crying out for some kind of stability and Pepe Lou offers that. So on to the next player then is someone who, Two of us have again, and I'm not one of them, so it's Rory and Jamie. Artem Dobbik and Girona. We've got another player from Girona coming up, and we'll, we'll continue on with him now. So just in general, I think there's a lot of players we could have picked from 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 Girona. Their recruitment has been really good. Obviously helped, given the fact that they've started the season so well. So, Jamie, do you want to start on your reasoning behind why you've enjoyed Artem Dobbik so much to, to start the season? Yeah. Um... I think I honestly could have picked five Girona players for this one. And Rory has picked one that I'm I'm a bit jealous of. I wasn't brave enough to pick, but we'll get to him later. Um, Artem Dovbik, he, you just look at the pure numbers. I mean, I don't want to focus only on numbers because he, he does a lot of things for Girona. That's that's why they bought him. Um, but only Bellingham has more combined goals and assists than him this season. Uh, Dovbik with 11. And he has the best minutes per direct goal involvement in the league of the season. So he averages a goal or assist every 66 minutes, which is slightly better than Bellingham's 79 minutes. So, I mean, this guy is, you know, evidently the most productive player in terms of producing goals and assists so far this season. So for that fact alone, I felt like I had to put him in. And I, I just really like his demeanour as well. I mean, it always makes me laugh that he scores these goals and he doesn't really celebrate. He kind of just stands in position and then trots back to the halfway line. So he's he's kind of like the Terminator. He just produces stuff, and then he's like, "All right, we'll just we'll just kick off again, and we'll we'll try to do that again." Absolutely, yeah. And and as for you, Rory, what what have you enjoyed about Artem Dobbik this season? Yeah, the numbers are obviously playing kind of a big part. But I think for me, one of the most surprising stats about Dobbik is that he's only six foot. 
because he looks, I mean, you, you mentioned Terminator there. He looks like an absolute monstrous kind of specimen. And he's the sort of guy that I've, I think, I mean, as a defender myself, when I'm playing, you can hear him kind of thudding behind you when you've got the ball. And if he's kind of trying to press you, he's he's a real kind of presence. And and that was one of the things that stood about, stood out for him, uh, stood out about him for me was the fact that he just kind of really goes after the ball. He's so committed, and I think that drags defenses deeper a lot for Girona. He he's really he is a presence in the box, but he's also exhibited a little bit more touch and a little bit more kind of uh, subtlety again than I perhaps expected of him. And it allows Girona to to be able to play in and around the box. There's a couple of really nice goals he scored where he's linking up with the likes of Yangel Herrera and Alex Garcia in and around the box. And I think yeah, he's not quite the complete striker, but for the likes of Girona. For that price, he's as good as you're you're ever going to find. And and yeah, Girona, if they're if they're up there, it's in no small part down to him. And again, Jamie mentioned kind of minutes per goal contribution. He, he wasn't even starting the first kind of two three games. Michel was trying to ease him in a little bit and starting Stuani. So it just shows you kind of the impact he's had in kind of even the last five six weeks. He's really come into form. And another player who a lot of us didn't know about before the start of the season and who was coming in to fill some pretty big shoes. He was replacing Rodrigo Raquelme on the left-hand side where Girona, and we can actually continue to speak about Dobbic and just the, the general clarity of thought that Girona have in their signings. And uh, Savio, who has been a, a, a revelation this season, uh, t- two out of three of us have picked him. I picked him. Which one of you guys picked him? Yeah, I picked him. Oh yeah, Jamie picked him. So yeah, I I, I think Savi obviously has been incredible, uh, a, a real live wire down that left hand side. But I think it also, it, it, when you're watching Girona, you look at that attack. You've got Zagankov on the right, you've got Dobbik in the middle, and you've got Savi on the left, and you can't really look at them okay you can look at them individually and, and their statistics and, and and how they play they've all been really good but as a whole they've just been excellent and i think that that's something that Mitchell has it's something we probably don't really think about enough like i remember when liverpool when klopp came into liverpool and everyone's saying they'll never win a title never win a title just really good coaching makes players improves players and it's 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 a lack of creative thinking from us in terms of we can't imagine what a player might be able to do given given really really good coaching in a really really good system and i think this is exactly what jamie said he could have picked five players from girona every player there has a role it fits into a a a broader uh, system and yeah, Savio has been has been excellent on that left hand side for a, a really well oiled Girona team. What 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 was your thinking behind putting him in, Jamie? Um, I just felt he'd been such, or he'd he'd brought such a big impact on on the attacking side that I didn't initially put him in my five, but I just kept looking at his his numbers and what he'd produced and thinking I I can't really leave this guy out so. No wrong answers, of course, but I felt compelled to put him back in. Um, like I said before, he's he's top for expected assists this season, and it, it's interesting because he he's not actually one of the highest volume creators, so he doesn't. It's not as if he's getting eighty touches a game and going at his fullback ten times and crossing the ball. I mean, 
for the amount of chances he's created, it, it's really the quality of those chances that's that's um, you know made the difference. So when he intervenes in play, it's usually in a pretty devastating way. So, um, like you said, Savio, Dovbik, these guys are all products of how well Girona are playing, the coaching they get in, the system they play in. But I do think we have kind of. Or we've maybe not said it enough that some of these Girona players are just really very good. And I think Savio is one of them. You look at the the first goal they scored at Osasuna a few weeks back, and you know that that is that is a goal entirely of Savio's invention. We, we all love Michel, but he didn't have much of a hand in that goal. That was Savio running the length of a pitch with a ball under control, finding the passes uh, and finding the assists. So he's he's just a, a really interesting talent. Yeah, I remember talking to Jamie earlier in the season and saying, and we were trying to kind of spitball ideas about about who Girona were going to come in to replace Romeo, who was going to replace Raquelme and things like that. And I had mentioned Sergio Gomez, who was playing with Spain's under-21s at the time and who impressed me on the left-hand side. But when you look at Sabio, it makes perfect sense because Sergio Gomez would have been a little bit too similar to Chagankov in the trying to invert and things like that, where Sabio can play as a, typical old school winger and he also has the technical ability then to drift inside if he needs to so yeah and that comes back to what you just said Jamie it's just really good scouting knowing these players are really good and if we put them into the proper system they can they can all shine and Savio absolutely has and you would imagine like I I don't want to go down this route in in terms of this podcast because a lot of these players that we've mentioned are are teams not in the big tree are from teams not in the big tree so i don't want to be thinking about the next step for them all someone's going to sign him but you would imagine a lot of teams are going to be knocking on girona's door looking looking at sabio in the in well, maybe not january but in definitely in the summer so moving on then another signing for in a for real sociedad is hamari traore and myself and rory have added him in here rory why did you add traore what have you liked about his game so far yeah, for me, I think he's just kind of the perfect fit for the Real Sociedad side. I remember looking at Larea last season, and one of the areas that always stood out to me was the fullbacks, that they just didn't quite have fullbacks at the same level as the rest of their team. I mean, they had Gorosabal there. I mean, they've used El Ostondo. Various kind of players have played there. Alex Sola, I think, had a, had a spell at right back as well last season. And what Traore gives them is balance. He's... He's not particularly flashy. He just kind of does his job. He's always in the right position and it allows them to have Ian Munoz, who I think has improved this season, or Kieran Tierney when he's fit to be going forward a little bit more on that left-hand side. And I think what we've seen from Kubo as well. I remember, I think a lot of us who'd seen Kubo in previous seasons were praising his defensive work rate and just how much tracking back he did last season. But this season, we've seen more of him going forward than that tracking back. And I think Traore is one of the reasons. He gives him a little bit more space and a little bit more freedom. He understands his role pretty perfectly. And he's not the first player to do this, um, but he's the first player that I kind of picked up on and and maybe perhaps the most uh, classic example. But he's he's the perfect example of the Eric Abadal equilibrium, if I can get that out of my mouth, Um, in that he, he knows he's not, purely defensive he does get forward but he gets forward at the right times and essentially allows the other uh, fullback on the other side to get forward and be a real offensive threat so 
I think Traore for me just it gives this Real side, La Real side, a real balance that they didn't have before in defence. And defensively, he is just solid. He, he does his job. He's pretty hard to beat. And and yeah, I, I think he's just a really smart signing. And even offensively, I think a couple seasons ago we had he hit double figures for assists. I think for for Ren, and that shows you that we perhaps not even seen. As much as we could have from Traore, but uh, Aguatil, I'm not going to criticise him for for the job he's doing. That's something that I had underrated about him because he, I, I saw him as a compliment to Kubo and someone who was just going to help Kubo become his best self, his best version of himself, and and that's what we are seeing. And Traore likewise can play on the on the, on the wing, and he's he's very comfortable. Um, driving forward on the outside but he's also very comfortable driving up through the middle when Kubo takes the ball outside and I think that just from the very start they have a really good connection and and have have a, a really good understanding on the field and has definitely helped Real Sociedad then to open up spaces in the middle which has led to Bryce Mendes having his best season Mikel Marino um, and Oyer Sabal now starting to come into it Um. And I went back and I was watching him, just some clips of him uh, in preparation for the podcast. He's a seriously underrated crosser, underrated crosser of the ball. A couple of his chances he's created, he's created 14 um, chances this season, which from open play, which is third among all defenders behind only Mingueza for Celta Vigo and Jose Gaia for Valencia. And he has won possession 79 times, which is fourth among all defenders. And I think that kind of speaks to that balance. He does everything really well. And again, not incredibly flashy, not the kind of player you're going to, he's 31 on a free transfer, not the kind of player you're thinking in the really long term with or anything like that or selling him on or anything like that. But I think for what they needed, there's, there's again, more clarity of thought in that, we spoke in the summer, myself and Jamie, about they need more from their fullbacks, Real Sociedad, to get to that next level. And I think that's exactly what has happened. And in terms of what they needed, what they've gotten, I think Hamari Traore, is a, is a, that's, a, that's why I just had to add him in here. So moving on then, we have just we have four players who one of us have, each one of us have picked. So Daily Blind is the next one, another Girona player. And Rory, it was you that added Blind in, yeah? No, or that was Jamie. me. <laughs> oh, Jamie, yeah. The Girona <laughs> guy. Should have known. I, I picked him in 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 full conscience that he he's not the best defender in the world. And you can definitely pick out goals that Girona have conceded this season where he has not um done very well. Uh, you think of the Real Madrid game. Um the Osasuna game where they came back, there's there's definite errors there. But I just think the upside he's given them on the ball uh, has been a big part of allowing Girona to become this this you know this team who average you know over two goals per game every week so far. And I mentioned the Savio goal against Osasuna uh, from a few weeks back, but even in that sequence, it's a very subtle um, involvement in in the goal, but. It's Daily Blind who, who starts that with, you know, Osasuna players swarming him. And instead of launching it, he, he wriggles his way out and finds a pass into Savio. And just those little things make a big difference when it comes to creating, you know, optimum attacking conditions, especially when you've got players like Savio and Dovbic to run counters. And just a stat for you I've got is 
he is the player who's been involved in the most build-up sequences that have ended in goals in Europe's big five leagues this season, which is 12. And if you swap goals out for XG as well, so to to, to determine the quality of chances um, Jordan have created when he's been involved in those sequences, he's also top for, for any centre-back in Europe. So this guy has been pretty revolutionary for Girona and... I think we've forgotten a little bit that last year, you know, they were getting minutes from Guampe and Bernardo to swap those guys out this season for, for the likes of Blind and Eric Garcia, I think is a huge part of taking Girona to the next level. Yeah, definitely. And he's another player who, who I could have easily added in given they got him for free as well. And he's back in the Netherlands team now. And yeah, just just an an improvement in quality in general from what you 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 typically see in La Liga even on the ball from defenders. So yeah, Blind going over the last decade, one of the best ball playing defenders, kind of that kind of hybrid. You weren't sure whether he's a central midfielder or a defender, but he he settled as a defender and he's been excellent for Girona. A player who I've added in is one who is think I am thinking here in the long term, but. Probably is a little bit of recency bias, but after his performance against Barcelona, I couldn't not add in Samu Omorodion, who Jamie was talking about at the start of the season. He was like, keep an eye on this guy. If he gets a chance, he's going to, he's six foot three, okay? But he, he, and this is exactly what Jamie said. He's six foot three, but he doesn't play like a player who's six foot three, a typical player like that. He's got some really nice nuance around the box. And I think that's exactly what we saw against Barcelona. Within the first half an hour, he had three really good chances. Now, he probably should have scored a hat-trick. He didn't. He scored, But he scored one goal, a, a really nice finish. He got the ball out from underneath his feet. Another one where he took a really nice touch away from Jules Conde uh, and struck it really well. Uh, unlucky not to score that one. And then the third chance, a, a, a kind of a very different style of chance, was that he, he broke... Basically, man-handed Jules Conde, who who is probably one, who probably is the strongest central defender, or one of the very top uh, central defenders in terms of physicality in La Liga, and I I think maybe Conde underestimated just how strong he was because he tried to kind of play it instead of just hoofing it or sliding it, sliding and and getting the ball away. He he decided to go toe to toe with Amrodi and, and he just kind of batted him away and got another shot off. And I think he so I was just thinking about him. He's nineteen. I don't think he's ever going to be as prolific as Erling Haaland. I'm I'm fairly sure he won't be. I'm almost certain he won't be. But he is that kind of style of a player. And I think given the fact that Atletico Madrid signed him for just six million euro, um, is I think that was the figure, yeah. And I just think it's an incredible sighting for the long term. He's only 19, and I think with some really good coaching in the next couple of years, we actually don't know what the heights that this player could reach. Yeah, I mean, um, like I said, he was one I flagged at the start of the season because he's just got... He's got an unbelievable blend of physical skill... uh, physical attributes and and developing the skills so um yeah he was another one that I, I could have easily put in the list but yeah i mean there were, there were lots of players i really wanted to put in uh, like i said Rudy has got one coming up which uh mm. which i was jealous of but we'll get to it soon actually the next one coming up is one a guy i would have liked to put in as well 
Well, no, I'm going to go with Ivan Martin, who, who's Rory's pick, a little bit of a, a wild card here. So, yeah, Ivan Martin, another Girona player. <laughs> Can you talk to us about why you, you added him and why, he, not, not just why you added him, but why he was in the list ahead of a load of other players who you could p- probably have added? Well, pull back the curtain a little bit. I left some of the lone players off this list just because it made it easier for me, not because Robbie or Jamie asked me to, but um, trying to fit Savio and, and yes, that Samu and the likes of these lone players that have done a really good job in was just very difficult. So uh, Ivan Martin, I think he's he is the kind of underrated if element of this Girona team because everyone else is so good and looks so good all the time. But he's the player that always kind of gets moved around by Mitchell. So when you see Yangel Herrera crashing the box, when you see Yangel Herrera breaking the ball up, uh, breaking play up kind of a bit deeper, when you see Aleix Garcia spraying passes around, when you see him sli- uh, slipping the ball through the defence, Ivan Martin's always the one that's moved to make space for them. And he's very kind of, again, subtle player. He takes lots of kind of small, very slight touches. He's got good close control. I think he's 91.6 pass completion rate. And if you look at the top 10, it's only Jorge Cuenca and him. Those are the only two players that are in that list that aren't from Atleti, Real Madrid or Barcelona. Um, so it shows you just how reliable he is. I think he's he's got three goals and I think he's third in conversion rate for La Liga as well, which is kind of impressive. And he just kind of plays all over the pitch. He, he gets moved around a lot. He's played kind of left wing. He's played right wing in the past. He's played alongside a striker particularly without the ball he's been moved deeper so he is kind of the the element of that kind of midfield and attack that gets shifted around and Michel again just to praise him because there's nothing else that uh, people in Spanish football do these days other than praise Michel uh, but yeah uh, Miguel Gutierrez is obviously coming into midfield you, you saw that with Arnau last season Jan Calto Ivan Martins the guy that is always kind of going unnoticed but he's filling that space he's ensuring that there's a passing option there he's had 11 starts and to get a 24 year old midfielder for 2 million that is reliably putting in good performances for the league leaders i just don't think you can argue with it and i think he's the classic example of if he was english if he was in the championship he'd be 20 30 million player but because he's playing for girona and he's not really pulling up too many trees he, he's just a really, really useful player. He, he's someone that I really like watching. And for Barcelona fans who, for some reason, think that Pablo Torres should be in this team, go and watch Ivan Martin because he's just a better player. That's exactly it. We've ma- I mentioned a couple of under players who are underrated, but I think of all the underrated players, Ivan Martin is, is the most underrated. Because if I was even naming the Girona team right now, <laughs> I would name Sabio, Dobbic, I'd name Blind, I'd name uh, basically every player, bar maybe Gazaniga. I'd, I'd, I'd maybe mention Ivan Martin would probably be number nine or ten on my list. And it's only then when you think and you watch him and you're like, this guy is doing everything. This is this guy is actually the most important player on the team, potentially, because he's knitting it all together. And, yeah, Jamie was jealous that you added him and were brave enough to add him. So, Jamie, what, <laughs> what have you liked about Ivan Martin last in the opening 13 weeks of the season? Yeah, it was similar to when um, Algo Seal said that De La Fuente hadn't called up more Real Sociedad players because he was embarrassed that he'd already taken too many. So it's similar for me in this case. Um, but yeah, Ivan Martin, he's a guy who you look at the stats and 
there's just no real way of illustrating what he does um, to it to its fullest effect. He's not somebody who shows up in, in the stats really, and unless you watch him every week, then you, you're not really aware of everything he's doing. Um, there was a I saw an interview with Michel a few days ago actually, and they were asking him to 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 describe each of his players in, in a single word. And they asked him about Ivan Martin, and it, he just said Desco- "desconocido," which is basically un- unknown. So, unknown. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they're they're all aware that Ivan Martin is is a great player. Everybody who plays with him, trains with him, they know he's he's one of Girona's best footballers. But um, it, it's not easy for the outside world to see it unless you watch him uh, every single week. And moving on, then yeah, Ivan Martin just excellent. Moving on then to, to my final selection was Mika Marmol. And yeah, it's back to the idea of he obviously played at Andorra last season. He looked really, really, really good with them. But there was, and there was talk about him maybe going back to Barcelona, but they weren't sure. And there was other teams kind of linked, but they were probably feeling like we, A, might not have the environment for this kind of player to settle in and, 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 excel and secondly they were looking at Segunda thinking is 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 he going to be able to make the step up and I just like the fact that Las Palmas A are leaning in fully into what they're trying to do and B have gone and bought a player for 1.9 million who again I don't like t- t- talking or thinking about oh who's going to sign him what big club is going to sign him but that 1.9 million that's that's nothing in football today. I mean, that's the kind of money you pay for an, an agent's lunch. Talking about a player like nowadays, and for 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 a player who's twenty two, who has shown he has the technical ability, something that that's really 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 hard to coach. Um, the further up he goes, and the less potentially less defending he's going to be asked to do, even the more he can lean into what he's doing. I know Jamie is really big on Las Palmas and, and Mika Marmol in general. He was the kind of one who, who turned me on to Marmol at the very, very beginning. And ever since I've been just, I've appreciated him. And we've been tweeting out a good few of um, Las Palmas defensive stats. They're obviously lean into their possession-based style, but defensively they've been really solid too. So Mika Marmol hasn't missed a step there. Um, and we're just wondering, Jamie, why didn't you add him, add him into your team? Yeah, another one I easily could have put in. Um, if the question was who were the best five signings with a view to the future, I think I would have put Marmol in because there's definitely progression to come and he's right at the start of what, what looks like it's going to be a very good career. So, um, yeah, like you said, Las Palmas' defensive record has been has been brilliant this season and a lot of that stems from defending with the ball. And playing with such security that they don't put themselves in bad positions, they don't, you know, create transitions for the opposition where they're where they're out position and scattered around the pitch. And having that control of the ball from the back from guys like Marmol is is a is a big factor. Why? Um, yeah, I think I think my favourite stat this season actually is that Barcelona have conceded more goals in the opening twenty seconds of matches than Las Palmas have in the first half of matches. So they're a team who just keep everything under this watertight control. Um, and Marmol was was a key signing for that. Gassi Pimienta obviously knew him well from Barcelona. They, they saw what he did last season. And he's, he's going to be a pillar of what Las Palmas build around now. 
just if I can come in very quickly, very much tongue-in-cheek, Mika Marmol is what uh, Barcelona fans thought Eric Garcia was going to be. <laughs> and I say that again, Eric Garcia is playing pretty well now, but Mika Marmol is, is the real deal so far. I like it. Yeah, I, 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 I like completely that. agree with that. That's that's who they needed him to be, and he just, he just couldn't. And obviously he's been very good at Girona, another player we could have added into the list that we didn't think of, but... Um, yeah, that's been excellent. And, well, I should actually say, I, I never said it, and none of us have said it, even while we were planning for this podcast. Jude Bellingham is obviously... <laughs> I've been thinking it I've been thinking it for the last five minutes we should have said something. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking, I mean, obviously, the Real Madrid fans going down here listening, they're, they're, they're tearing their hair out, going like, when are they going to mention Bellingham? Obviously, Bellingham is is the winner of this entire competition. Just he broke the, the scale. Medal. He's he's out in his own playing in a different league, like so. Yeah, and it 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 wouldn't be fun if we just talked about Bellingham again because we know how good he is. We know how good um Real Madrid built around him, and yeah, we won't we won't harp on that. But yeah, we'll leave it there for this episode of La Posa Pod. Rory, can you let us know where we can find you on on in the online world? Yeah, you can find me at Rory Barlow, R-U-R-I Barlow, um, on Twitter, and you'll find my kind of writing on Football España and, and various other places. But yeah, those are the two main places to get me. And Jamie, we know where we can find you, but what have you got in the works? You were working on an Alex Garcia piece, I know, for the analyst. Yeah, that'll be that'll be up in the next few days, I think. Um, yeah, a long piece on Alex Garcia and basically... Trying to describe all the ways in which he's he's dominating as a distributor this season. So yeah, keep, keep an eye out for that. Nice one, yeah. Jamie Jamie loves writing about right, bringing these kind of desconocidos to the wider footballing world, and he does an excellent job at it. So keep an eye out on the analyst for that. So yeah, we're going to leave it there from this episode of La Posa Pod. Very enjoyable, and we're going to be paying close attention to all those signings over next number of months but from us here at la posa pod it is adios